Minasan, Konban Ma. Welcome to Roll with Adventure, a Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition podcast that transports you through the magic of imagination, from our world to the far off world of Ibris, a land full of heroes and villains, the evil and the divine, monsters and miracles, and of course, magic. We are delighted to bring you this adventure from our imagination to your ears. If you like what you hear, please subscribe for future episodes and follow us on social media. If you want to learn more about us in this podcast, please visit us at RollWithAdventure.com. And now, let's listen as our heroes roll with adventure. Hello and welcome to Roll With Adventure. This session's campaign is of salt and blood. My name is Cass, and I am the dungeon master for this ragtag band of heroes. Today, our journey into this tale of adventure, intrigue, secrets, and magic across the world of Ibris continues. This session begins in the morning of the 6th of Altor, in the year 1069 PR, with our party split apart by the vile machinations of Caligos Manor. Now, before we dive right in, let's meet our band of heroes. To decide the order of introduction, let's roll player initiative, not character. And remember here, we roll with adventure. So, what intelligent delight or mind-numbing tale have you to share with us tonight? Well, this week I learned that if you have a glass stovetop and your glass stovetop is hot and you place a plastic lid on the hot part of the glass stovetop and it melts you don't have to freak out about it because you once you let it cool the plastic is really easy to peel off the glass stovetop and for that useful fact i'm going to take a minus two because not only did i put a plastic thing on a hot element i had it turned off but you know it doesn't light up after you've turned it off and it's still hot so I put the lid on it, and not only did I do that, I also burned myself. So minus two for me. I will be honest. I learned nothing since the last time we spoke. Like zero things have I learned. So I should take a, a zero in the category of learning and also with my dice roll. So I actually uh, saw so watched all the futurism videos, and I watched one that randomly popped up my feed where there are two guys who are working to make an impulse engine from Star Trek which is really cool. Uh, the way they're supposedly doing it is there's these crystals that can like expand and collapse. And the theory is if you, if they, they can expand and collapse with like minimal energy, but like push something in a direction uh, is the theory that they're trying to prove out. Uh, they haven't really been able to get any meaningful results yet, but I thought that was just a really cool thing. Uh, so I'll take a plus one for that. Cause I thought it was interesting. And part of the future. I learned that if I ignore my cat long enough, he'll just throw himself on top of my keyboard and delete my documents. So, yeah, I've just spoiled my cat. Uh, his name is Salem because I watched Sabrina the Teenage Witch too much as a kid. He is not nearly as helpful or sar sarcastic as the cat from the show. And he's also gray, so it does not match the cat from the show. But I've spoiled him and he decides that he needs to be in like my line of sight even if i'm at the computer and if i ignore him he'll just throw himself like back you know like a back flop right onto my keyboard and delete everything i'm working on so i think i'm going to take a minus two well 
cats are dramatic, so I'm not shocked by that. <laughs> I learned that people sometimes castrate chickens because you can't, well, rooster meat apparently doesn't taste very good. I never had thought that that would be a thing that people would do, but turns out they do, and there's two ways to do it, and commonly it's done now chemically by inserting an estrogen implant into the chicken before it goes through puberty. All of these things I didn't know were things. <laughs> I never thought about chicken puberty, but anyway, turns out that's a thing. But anyway, it used to be done because like when you were raising your own chickens, the roosters, like you can't have very many of them. They're not useful. So they would do this so then they could eat the roosters and then they could keep the hens for lay laying eggs. But now it's done sometimes just like as a very like gourmet kind of situation. That was, that's a thing that now I know. I'm taking a minus one for it because I don't really like love the fact and it's really strange and it made me think about a lot of things. There's some sci-fi movie in there. There's like some horrifying movie. <laughs> There's also a discussion on whether the chickens are safe after they've been given all of the added hormones. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't know. I don't mm, know the answer. There's not good answers. I'm sweating over here. Like, I well, suddenly you know. don't want chicken. <laughs> We're all gonna like it's not common in the U.S. It's most common in France and then there's parts of Spain that do it. But Of course. Yeah. Of course it's yeah. common in France. It's kind of what I felt like too. My best friend and her husband live on a farm and they only recently moved to the farms. And my best friend was like, we've got this rooster and I don't know how to cook it. And you know how you're supposed to be able to find everything on the internet? There are shockingly few recipes for how to cook a rooster. Like, I was surprised. I was like, you know what? I'll Google it. The internet knows everything. Turns out it doesn't. There's a, yeah. there's a gap there. So, world, if you have any rooster recipes, please send them in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Apparently, the meat's supposed to be, like, stringy and gamey and not great, so... You have to, like, let, apparently, let them age and then they taste better. Or you castrate them before they go through puberty, apparently. <laughs> also, web, I'm sure yeah, find something. it's, oh man. It's, do the French way. Just do how the <laughs> French do it. I usually try to find some fact that someone said to like, put some, be like, oh, well, then maybe that can be used in D&D. But no, that there is no, just, just no. So uh, let's see what you all roll. Ooh, seven. Ooh, got 20 today. Yeah, a 14. Hmm. Mine's an 11 minus two, so I have a nine. Solid eight. Well, good evening, everyone. Uh, my name's Corey, and I play Kalina Floros, who is a human fighter, uh, formerly of the Talran Army. Hi, I'm Emmy. I'm playing Sylvie. She's a half-elf monk, and... I don't have any fun facts about her today. Sorry. My name is Disco. I'm playing Alice, the radiant Genasi druid, who is a walking, talking, and laughing and enjoying, sometimes dancing, eating magic mirror. Hey, world. It's Carlos here, and I play Marcus, a former scout for the Talran army. Hello, everyone. I'm Allie, and I'm playing Maya Volta. A human cleric of Cain. And for those of you who don't know, 
Cain is the god of kings. Among other things. Now that everyone has introduced themselves, let's get this adventure rolling. And remember here, we roll with adventure. Our session begins split between two locations. The ballroom, where Marcus, Sylvie, Maya, and Kalina currently reside, and the kitchen, where Alice and a newfound companion have gotten themselves into what some may consider a rather bubbly situation. Sylvie, Maya, Kalina, and Marcus, a shriek emanated from somewhere within the house as you left the relative safety of the parlor for the ballroom. A female shriek of abject terror. Fear itself grips your hearts, not necessarily for this shriek, but for the fact that you have no idea where your companion Alice has disappeared to. The parlor from which you had only recently exited was not one that contained any secret passages that you could find, and the strange skeletal creature that lay obscured within Alice's cloak terrified you even more. But now this... Perhaps Alice has stumbled into something. Is this shriek his cause? Around you, the shriek echoes through this house. What will you do? Let's start with Sylvie. What immediately goes through your mind as you hear this scream? Sylvie would probably immediately think, Oh no, Alice is in trouble. We have to go find him. Where on earth is he in this house? What's going through Marcus's mind? Certainly the same thing. A little bit spooked, but he's definitely worried about his companion friends. Maya, what goes through your mind? I think Maya's first thought is probably, am I the only one that heard this? Am I being possessed again? Is something strange happening with the house? But seeing a reaction from everybody else, Maya would also be concerned about Alice and probably straining to figure out which direction the shriek came from. How about what goes through Kalina's mind? She's caught off guard for a second, and then after a moment of being stunned, we'll try and pinpoint it, thinking maybe Alice is stabbing someone. Can I have perception checks from all four of you? 24 for Maya. Oh, I got an 18. Kalina got a 6. Marcus got a 15. First, I'll start with Kalina. Kalina, there is a shriek. And it is resounding and echoing through the house. You can hear it echoing from what you think is upstairs, but also from everywhere on this level of the house. Marcus and Sylvie, you think that the scream is echoing from north of where you are. Maya, the scream, how it's echoing, it's definitely echoing from the north. But it almost seems like it's coming from the north, but you're also strangely hearing it coming from the east. If this house had ducts, like modern houses, when you're conceptualizing how your character is hearing sounds, think about how sounds can travel through them. Dim light filters through the three grimy windows to the south behind you. You know what the layout of this room is like. You know the harpsichord is in the northwestern corner of this room. You know that you can also go to the north and that there's doors at the end of this one up there, that there's another set of doors to the west, and then that there's to a room that you haven't explored. There is a set of doors to the east that goes to a hallway that goes to the dining room. What are you guys going to do? I think Maya would rush towards the door to the north, hoping that it opens 
into a room or a passage that will then lead her east. So while there is light coming from the windows, the far end of, the, of this room is still dark. Last night you had it illuminated by your fork. Oh, I... how how bright was the parlor? The parlor had some windows and is a much smaller room than this one. Okay. Maya would cast light on her fork as she runs. But she's just, just for the record, holding it tines downward as she runs because, you know, it's not good to run with a... Safety. Sharp, pointy. Yeah, safety first. Sylvie, Kalina, Marcus, what are you guys doing? Marcus is following right behind to the north where he thinks he heard the, the screams. Sylvie would also be following uh, Marcus and Maya towards the north since that's where she thinks the sound came from. Kalina would have covered her ears to try and stop the sounds if it sounded like it was coming from everything. So she would be the last to notice everyone running in direction and just follow behind Sylvie after she got her senses back. So as you run towards the northern end of this room, you see a large set of double doors on the north wall. They're currently closed. Are you going to run up to them, throw them open, and run into the room beyond? Yep. Hopefully they're not trapped. You throw one of the doors open and bolt in, and you are in a hallway that runs east to west. The hallway, unlike most of the other rooms, is actually rather well illuminated. On the far west's end of it, it appears that there's a set of double doors that are made of glass. What order are you guys running in? Sylvie's pretty quick, so I don't know if Sylvie outpaced Maya, but if not, then I imagine Maya's probably in the front. Marcus would probably be after Maya then, unless Sylvie did outpace them. Kalina... You're probably the last. As you come into this hallway and you quickly turn, the door behind you that had been open slams closed and you hear a locking sound. The hallway in front of you is painted a stark white. And its floors are the same lacquered red wood as the ballroom. At the far end, you see a set of rare glass double doors that lead into a brightly lit room that gives off a verdant radiance. On the south wall, there are the doors that you have just come through, the doors that have slammed shut behind you. And a bit farther down is a fireplace. If you guys take a quick moment to glance around, this appears to be a gallery hallway. Portraits and paintings line it all around. But no door to the east. There is no door to the east. There are no doors to the north. Maya would probably immediately turn around and try to go back the way they came. You struggle against the door, pulling at it, trying to push it open, but it won't budge, almost as if someone on the other side was holding the handle. And with that, we'll switch to Alice. Alice, before you on the central table in the kitchen sits a copper pot. A large copper pot. An enormous copper pot. A copper pot that emanated heat ever so slightly before you leaned over the copper pot. A copper pot that seemingly held within it something 
that boiled and bubbled within the copper pot. Thin streams of steam rose from this copper pot, such that you leaned closer to see what lay within the copper pot, what lay obscured within the depths of the copper pot. And then it came, a shriek, a terrified scream, a female scream. And with that scream, there was a burst of scalding steam that exploded upwards out of the pot. Can you give me a dexterity saving throw? Oh, I sure can. This is to pull yourself back from the pot as the steam boils upwards. Well, that is a 15 plus 1, which will be a 16 dex save. You jerk yourself back just in time. You saw maybe a bubble start to come up and burst. You felt the heat almost on your skin, and you jerked back. You notice that as you jerked back, the creature, the serpentine, cat-like creature that hangs around your shoulders and neck like a boa, didn't even move, didn't wake up, didn't open an eye. It's just still laying there purring. So you jerk back, avoiding getting burned as the steam boils upwards. The shriek, it grows louder, louder as something forms in the steam. Slowly, the shape of a skull appears, coming out of the steam, shrieking and crying out in pain. It rushes towards you. It passes through your body. You briefly see images. A girl handwriting letters. The name, Parthenope. A man with dark brown eyes beneath thick eyebrows with an oval face and a softly shaped jaw. Watching. Always watching. You see the copper pot in front of you, filled with boiling water. You see dish after dish carefully washed. Punishment doled out for each broken or even a single speck of dust the duties of a scullery maid. Then terror, fear grips you as you see a young girl's face reflected in the scalding water. A shape takes form in the water behind her, a wicked knife of jagged tooth and bone, then darkness. Give me a wisdom save to avoid being frightened by the effects of this vision. You said wisdom saving throw, correct? Yep. Mm -hmm. And it's to avoid being frightened. So if you have anything that gives you a bonus for that. I don't this time. <laughs> oh, 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 that would be a 19 plus 3 for my wisdom save. So, I mean, I do, do I have to do the math? You are successful. You feel briefly so cold, but also as if you were burned and scalded. As this vision fades, the ghostly visage passes through you fully. Its spectral form is trailed by a wave of curling steam that swirls about the room. It goes once, then twice, circling the kitchen, the steam expanding outwards before it would shriek and swirl, drives towards one of the farthest doors, smashing into it and vanishing. As it does, there's a blast of steam and the entire kitchen is now heavily obscured by fog. What do you do? 
So the first thing Alice, I think, would do is scream back at the pot. I would like to have his minor illusion is very, like, emotionally connected to him. So it kind of slips out as he experiencing the pain, essentially, that this person has gone through. Also, he's trying to kind of scare it back, but it kind of naturally happens as like a natural instinct as his minor illusion mixes with the scream of his voice as he yells back at the pot. So it's fight or flight or fright? I think it's a mixture of fright and fight in this case. <laughs> so after he's screamed out his his similar wail, he kind of takes a breath. So what does your minor illusion do to form? Like, does it make your scream unearthly? Does it create a roaring sound? What does it add to Alice's scream? It's a similar ghostly wail where the pitch is doubled but almost falls into a minor key to clash with his with the tone of or the pitch of his scream rather for a moment and it almost because it's linked to his emotions it almost mimics a woman's scream in comparison to his voice as that was the emotions that he had felt at the time before he regains some breath and some grounding on on the present you know he's really been through it like a few minutes ago he thought he was like in the past kind of disconnecting with time and he still isn't 100 percent sure if he has done that he doesn't know how much time has passed since he's been in that box it could have been centuries his friends could have been dead but i think that pain has a funny way of pulling you into the present and experiencing this girl's pain or this woman's pain rather he has some empathy right now when he was kind of selfishly thinking a minute ago and he's appreciative of it because it grounds him in this moment and having that sensory deprivation like not being able to see at the same time also kind of calms him down so while this might have started with a frightful scream back the climax falls into his finding a moment of peace in this loss of loss of sight <laughs> in his newfound sauna <laughs> do you think that alice is gonna then stay there for a couple moments as like waiting for it to clear or is he gonna try and trudge on in this sauna where he can really not see that well in the kitchen now you know alice is enjoying it so i think that he's actually going to like he might charge a little bit in the sense of uh, like is there any oh you know he was holding a bottle of wine wasn't he from the uh from the cellar you're holding a bottle of wine and you've recently looted a coil of rope perfect there's the enormous copper pot in front of you and then there is a butcher's knife nearby as well I would like to investigate the pot, but what Alice is going to be doing after I investigate the pot and what its contents are is popping a cork off of that, taking a swig, closing his eyes and letting his glass-like pores, you know, kind of like fog up a little bit as he t as he takes in this, this moment of, of peace that he's somehow gotten in the middle of this. Okay, while you're investigating that, we're going to flip back over to what's happening in the hallway because... I wonder how they're going to react to Alice's scream. <laughs> As you guys have made it into the hallway, the door slamming shut behind you, Maya reaching out, trying to go back through them. There is another scream. There is two screams. There is another female scream, almost an echo of the one that you heard a moment ago. But then there is a scream you know. Alice's scream. 
and it echoes out. What do you do? We've got to find him. Can we break down the door? I can try. Uh, and Kaleida's starting to seem a little nervous now. Maybe together, if we all put our shoulders into it? Right, yeah. I, I'm sure we'll be able to... Uh, no, I hope he's okay. Let's get him moving. Right, Kaleida will get ready to ram the door with everyone else. Can Kalina give me a strength athletics check? 22. Your foot collides with the center of the door as you... You don't go to ram it open, you go to kick it open. And surprisingly, it's as if it wasn't locked at all. As if nothing was holding it on the other side, it just flies open. It doesn't splinter, it doesn't break, and there is silence. Okay, let's go. Anybody know where it came from? Well, I thought... I thought north, but also east the first time I heard it, so maybe we should go back to the dining room. Certainly nothing to the north. Good as planned as any. Yeah, sounds good to me. Uh, Maya, you've got the light. You cross back into the music room, the dancing room, the ballroom. Are you going to go down the hallway towards the dining room, or are you going to go around back to the foyer and up? Um, no, I think through the Maya would lead with the fork through the hallway. Are you racing there on a mission? Oh, yeah. You gotta save Alice. You race through the hallway, and you come out into the dining room. All is silent. Alice is nowhere in sight. Uh, so what now? Maybe he's on the other side of the house, the part that we didn't... Ex I mean, that's south, but... Maybe maybe the sound's echoing weird? I don't know. I just heard it everywhere, so I have no idea where to go. Do you think it can hurt if we call out his name? Maybe if he's hurt or something, he could tell us where? It doesn't seem like it could hurt. I mean, surely if anything's trying to find us in this house, it's already heard the screams, so... Mm, true. But I wouldn't know where we're at, just where... That scream and Alice says. That doesn't... That's not any better, really, I feel like. Maya will put her hands around her mouth and call, Alice! Alice, as the fog begins to clear, to lessen just a little bit as it filters out the windows, you hear muffled Maya's voice call out Alice. It might be a trick of the house. Oh... Maybe the ghosts, or maybe it really is her. Oh, I remember Maya from back in the day before whoever that was put me in the box. For the last hundred years or wh however long it's been, it's almost as if I can hear her voice in the distance, a reminder of my past. <laughs> I take another swig of the wine. <laughs> Excellent. Maya, there's no answer. I was sure it was north or east. Oh, you don't think Alice is upstairs, do you? I mean, it's not out of the question. We don't know where he's at. He could be anywhere. We don't know how big this house is. Yeah, that's true. Could be downstairs. Is there a downstairs? I don't even know. Right, there might be a basement. Well, well let's not go there. That sounds like a horrible idea, to be honest. Yeah. Well, I haven't seen any stairs. That's true. I mean, I don't think we've explored very much of this house. It's very... Spooky. maze-like. 
Hmm. Sylvie and Maya, can I have history checks from both of you? Hmm. 21. I got a 10. Maya. Uh-huh. Old buildings, especially those constructed by individuals of the old blood or a bit of a higher standing, they often had lots of small places, hidey holes that you could listen from. Sometimes behind portraits, behind tapestries. But quite often, there is one important rule. Servants are not to be seen, and they are not to be heard. How does food get delivered to the dining room? Oh, okay. Before we look anywhere else, help me look for a secret passage. Could be behind behind one of these cabinets, could be hidden in the wall somehow, wherever the kitchen is. I haven't seen anywhere where they'd be able to deliver the food to the dining room. So we're looking for something that could open? Yeah, anything. I guess we all could just pick a corner and start there. Yeah, yeah, good idea, Kalina. I guess I'll go, uh, she'll point towards, I guess, the northwest side. I don't know how to orient myself, sorry. Cardinal directions work for this room. At the north end of the room, there is a sidebar made of solid wood. On the south end of the room, there is a china cabinet. You think? Maya's or did I alternate those? No, I think it is right. Okay. Um, Maya would like to check out the china cabinet, thinking it might be a sort of lion, the witch, in the wardrobe situation. Marcus would check out the other thing. He doesn't know the name of the other thing. What it's called? The sideboard. There are windows and a fireplace on the east wall. And then otherwise, on the west wall, Sylvie and Kalina, there is the hallway. And then there is a little bit of wall down by the china cabinet. Or there is a much larger section of the wall on the northwestern end. Yeah, Kalina would try and search that northwestern wall section. Sylvie would probably go the other direction west, I think. Just to spread out more and hopefully find Alice faster. Are you on the north or south side of the doors? The south side of the doors are like right near the china cabinet. South, I think. Yeah. So the south side is where the is where the china cabinet and Maya is going. The north I would divide into like almost two sections. North another north and south. Then maybe the north section wherever like probably like the other half that clean is not on. Okay. Mhm. Can I have investigation checks from each of you? Oof. Ten for Kalina. Eighteen. I got a zero. <laughs> you got a, a, a nat one minus one. I got an, an 18. Maya and Marcus, you're both looking at your sections. Uh, you're going through the cabinet, Maya, looking through it, seeing different pieces of uh, various plates and bowls, salad plates, dessert plates, all different things. It looks quite expensive. It would be quite good porcelain and such. But this cabinet's not attached to the wall. You can see a little bit behind it, and there doesn't seem to be anything else really inside of it. Marcus, as you're going through up there, you open, there's various cutlery, there's forks and knives and spoons there's napkin rings there's and there's some larger platters and things like that but 
just like with the cabinet, the sideboard is not attached to the northern wall. Kalina and Sylvie, you have no idea. You're looking at your wall and you're like, this is a normal wall. But you also have no idea what you're meant to be looking for. I don't see anything. This is just a wall. What are we looking for? It could have like a seam or if you knock, it might sound hollow. Or if you push on it, it might press in. I'm not exactly sure what it's going to look like, but maybe it's in the ballroom. There should be an entrance somewhere near the dining room for them to deliver food. Okay, I can try hitting this wall. Like, if we want to try the ballroom, which one first? Uh, try, try knocking, knocking on the wall. And you're not, not, you don't have to like smash the wall, but just enough to see if it sounds hollow. Kalina will take her fist and. Like, as if you're, like, slamming down on the table to, like, celebrate, we'll start hitting the wall at different intervals. Doing that with more force than should be needed. Looks like she's trying to, like, punch through the wall or bash the wall in. I think you're going to need help from someone who has not searched your area. I don't know. I think this is just a wall. No, not not quite that hard. Kalina and Maya's going to kind of come along and knock a little bit more gently trying to show Kalina what they're looking for and Maya will say if it's not this wall then then we'll, we'll check the ballroom because there's gotta be something where does the food come from I'd assume they would just walk it from wherever that seems logical to me yeah but but where is wherever and you wouldn't think it would be super far away from the dining room that wouldn't make any sense that's true the food might get cold if you had to walk it really far what are those things called where, uh, back in the day, my... Oh, like a, like a lifting cabinet? Yeah, they called it a, a, a smart servant. Like a, the shelf that goes up and down through the wall? Yeah, they call it a, a smart servant, right? Or a smart person. Well, I don't know what it's called, but it's not really my... Um, don't remember what it was called. Well... Maya, with you tapping along that wall, can you give me an investigation check? Oh, that's a 14. Sounds like a wall, doesn't it? It it does sound like a wall. The paneling for the wall seems like it's the same. But you also do think that if, say, a kitchen is very close by, they might have perhaps corked the wall or Mm. done something to dampen the sound because you wouldn't want that ruining a dining room. Does this wall have trim at the bottom or molding at the top? Yes, it does. Can Maya look to see if there are any, not cracks, but joins that might indicate that there's a door anywhere along this wall? Are you explaining this to the party in any way, shape, or form? Or is Maya just looking? She's probably muttering as she's unsatisfied with the results of her initial search. She'll say, let me just check to see if um, I don't know if anything looks out of place. And then, then we should check the, the ballroom again because we gotta get to Alice. Is anyone else while Maya is looking at this, looking over the wall as well? Marcus would be. I think Sylvie would be too, since Maya seems so sad that this is the wall. Oh dear. We would be kind of in the back, just like slightly irritated and trying to just 
she stared at the wall from before while everyone else is looking at just like what okay it's so embarrassing it's not this wall i will handle this as a group check then so you guys need to elect one person to make this role but everyone else that is aiding the individual in making this role can also make their own role at a much lower dc and if they are successful it will add a plus two to the individual's role for each person that succeeds do we still use the investigation trait for this for trying to help yeah it is still the investigation maya's investigation is plus three marcus has a negative one yeah so does sylvie yeah kalina's a plus one so you don't want me making the main role plus she's not she's not looking at it anyway so she wouldn't be the main one to roll for it anyway i think it feels narratively like it would make sense for maya to make the role because she's the one who's been really insistent and that anybody who's looking over her shoulder trying to figure out if maya's right or if she's crazy and if you want to help that would be awesome Okay, so we will have Maya make the role last, then. Anyone else who is making this role, please. Anyone else who is helping, please roll. That's a zero for me. Uh, 14 for Kalina. I got a two. <laughs> okay, so Maya will have a plus two to the role. I'm not going to play, at least for this one, with people that are unsuccessful giving a negative <laughs> cast to uh just just to make sure it's a plus two in addition to the modifier yes mm -hmm. it's a miscellaneous modifier added to the role after everything has been done is everybody ready for this just watch this not even be the wall that has a secret passage we're just putting all this in <gasps> guys i rolled a nap 20 so that's a 25 <laughs> Yeah. Better be the wall. <laughs> As you are going along, you do note two spots where the molding at the bottom, where there is a thin crack, and two spots up top. You go about pushing in on the paneling until you come to a knot in the wood, and it pushes in, and there is a click. Ah! <sighs> I think I, I think we found it. And with that, we'll switch over to Alice. Alice, it's been a few minutes. The fog has cleared, and you started to hear this almost thumping sound. Like someone smashing a tankard on a table. You remember the sound. It's one Kalina would often make when she was out imbibing in libations. Oh, I can hear the sound Kalina would make in vibing and libations. What are you going to do? I think that... Is it still foggy and misty in here? It's still pretty sauna-y, but it has definitely lessened. You probably could try and see what's in the bottom of that pot if you wanted to. Yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to start with that. So you lean over that pot, ready to pull yourself back if this haunt repeats itself. And the pot is empty. Hmm. Empty. And spotless. And spotless. This pot is upon... What, what is the surface that it's on again? It's just sitting on a table. Sort of like you'd expect a pot where like people were, say, cutting a whole bunch of vegetables around it, and then they put the vegetables in and load it up with water and start simmering it. Okay. Um, I'm going to take the pot, 
I'm gonna put the wine in it. I'm gonna put the rope in it. Like, kind of like my trick-or-treat bag on Halloween. And then I'm going to, like, mosey my way towards where I heard the sound uh, to kind of reminisce in wherever my broken mind is taking me in a place of comfort. (laughs) (laughs) So there is a door to the south. There are also two doors to the east of you. And the sound sort of sounded like it was coming from southeast. And the first door is to what cardinal direction again? Are you going around the table clockwise or counterclockwise? A good question. I imagined myself going counterclockwise. Okay, then you will come closest to the south door first. Okay. I will mosey my way through that one. And I'm also petting my my frame around my neck. (laughs) You're petting the frame. Petting the frame with my trick-or-treat pot. Screaming trick-or-treat pot. Yes. (laughs) You enter into, for you, what is a room that is painted bright, clean white, despite having no windows. Mm. You can see wide shelves ring this room with gaps in the shelves for three doors and an archway. One door goes to the southeast, one to the southwest. The arch goes to the south, and you have entered from the door in the northwest. Well, I will be uh, heading southeast, and you said, this is just a room with shelves. What is on the shelves? The shelves have dishes and trays sitting on them, as if prepared to go into another room to serve the residents and guests. Mm. The dishes and trays clearly held food and were left sitting, though it is impossible to tell what food it once was. Um, are there any goblets that I could imagine are, like, for the Fountain of Youth or that look arcane in any way roll me a d20 roll me a luck check in this case okay all right let's do a lucky die then this one looks like honey okay that's a seven there aren't any goblets but there is a mug there's a mug that has like this faint almost patina of an owl on it that you can almost imagine yeah i'll snag the owl mug I'll grab that too. Put it. In, I'll put it in the pot with the rest of my stuff. Like it's kind of like a like uh, you know he kind of swings and his uh, blue silvery hair kind of like moves with the swing as like the pivot takes him right towards the southeast as if like you know this was like one natural movement for him to grab this thing. As you step out to slowly grab the door handle, there is a click and you see the door handle turn. Maya. Sylvie, Kalina, Marcus. As the door opens into darkness, illuminated only by Maya's fork, is Alice. Alice stands there without his cloak, and he is holding a pot. Aside from the pot, there is nothing amiss, and there is nothing different about him. You will note, I am specifically stating that you cannot see the creature draped around his neck. They can't. Maya is incredibly startled. I mean, yes, we're looking for Alice, but Maya really didn't expect to find him behind this door so quickly. So she kind of goes, Ah! Oh! Oh, Alice! Are you okay? Wow. It's as if they're right there. Like, 
my mind how cruel it could play tricks on me like this. Alice? We're, we're right here. Yeah, we're, we're just... Alice will make, like, a minor illusion of himself. Because it can't be more than five feet. So, like, it's, like, his head all the way down to, like, seven inches of his leg is missing. <laughs> and he kind of makes it, like, walk forward as he watches himself. And, like, the illusion hugs Maya and, like, moves through, like, you know, touching Kalina's shoulder and caressing Sylvie's face and hugging Marcus and he's like watching himself as if like as if like you know the memory is like dear to him how do you guys react to this Alice did you bump your head uh Maya probably looks really confused and then just strides up and hugs Alice the real Alice not the illusion Alice the one that has feet in this moment of realization Alice hugs back uh, seeing that Maya is like tangible and at first he doesn't believe it but then you see that realization on his face and uh, he kind of looks back at the group over her shoulder and he's like wow I'm really glad I wasn't in that box for too long uh, and and all of you are alive and no uh, Sylvie I, I didn't hit my head but um, I, I did bring souvenirs and he'll point to the pot as he like breaks the hug with Maya and I'm assuming the pot is like to the side as, as this is happening or Maya's just awkwardly hugging Alice over the pot I can't remember last session did I say that Maya picked up Alice's stuff? one of you definitely did I think it was Maya I believe it was as well yeah it was Maya she picked yeah. up his mm-hmm. clothes and the figurine as well. Yeah, Maya will hand Alice his cloak and his figurine. Here, you forgot these. Oh, um, my, my hands are full. Oh. Alice will put the pot down, kind of like make sure it's safe. Like he doesn't want it tipping over at all because like precious goods are in there. And then he'll gladly like uh, take the cloak back and uh, with like a thankful nod, like uh, wrap it around as it falls into place. And he'll like with a quick flip tie where it clasps around the neck and he's like thanks thanks for bringing these back to me yeah i uh i woke up in a box in a basement the basement yeah the basement i think maybe the uh the whale shark brought me in there but you know the whale shark murderer like because all i could see was their footprints that have that like very old fish smell to them not a fresh fish smell, like an old fish smell. And yeah, then I then I I met a screaming pot and he'll point to the pot. And I brought some it's it's morning, right? So this is like breakfast wine. I already opened it, but there's still plenty for everyone. And oh, and I found this mug and yeah. So I thought that I was like in the box for a while because I'm used to being sealed away for long periods of time, but I'm I am not, and yeah, so that's what happened. I'm I'm sorry if you all thought I was I was I had abandoned you or something because I certainly did not. I thought you were a skeleton that we killed, so that's good that you weren't that thing. You killed my skeleton? What? I mean, it looked like you, kind of. Right. It was like it looked like it was made of glass. It was really scary. Well, it it wasn't me. And I am not a skeleton. And he'll, like, pinch his skin to, like, kind of make sure. (laughs) (laughs) 
Marcus, you didn't see anything walk over us, did you, last night? Uh, Marcus will kind of look away awkwardly and say, I, no, I, I fell asleep. I don't know if you remember or not. Well, I don't, I didn't see it, feel anything step on me. So, uh, how, Alice, you don't remember how you got out of the room? No, it, it was as if I was just suddenly in this box and it brought me back to when I was actually sealed in a box for a while. So, yeah. Do you guys want to see where I was? Like, there are footprints as well. I don't know if there are more clues that I just didn't see. I think that's a good idea, but I think we first we should discuss what it is we're going to do here because there's something wrong with this house. And the storm, it seems like it's not going to let us go. And I don't know what it is we're supposed to do. Maybe if we... I don't know. We're sort of systematic and search through the house. Maybe we'll find something. There's definitely a couple more rooms on this floor that we haven't searched. Well, the weather has been cast upon us. It is it is of a arcane nature. So the, the natural solution is to find whoever is casting the spell and stop them from doing so. Right. I assume we still want to kill or try to stop this shark monster. Yeah. Before it kills more people. Right. Yeah. So that sounds like we're in the right area. Very much so. It'd be helpful if we could find some weapons. I suppose that's asking too much. Where would we find something in a house like this? Well, I have an owl mug. <laughs> Kalina, do you want to like hold it so perhaps you can smash it onto something? That'll be who? Ow. <laughs> I, I appreciate it, but I think the I think my honey knife will do a bit better. Alice hands Kalina the owl mug while Kalina's saying this. She'll like awkwardly take it and just kind of keep it in her free hand and put it to her. Just look at it, like, kind of shrug and just put it, put her hand at the side with holding the mug. Does anyone want some dessert wine? Or sorry, does anyone want some breakfast wine? I think Crane good. Alice will hand uh, Maya the wine. Maya will hold on to it and sort of look around. Does anybody else? Anybody like some? No. No, thank you. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take one. I'll take some. That Maya will hand it to Kalina. That's the spirit, Kalina. Would you like it in your owl mug? She just grabs the bottle and just, you see her just down like a huge gulp. She's like, <sighs> Anyone else? No, thank you. Oh, sure. I'll take a little bit. Yeah, Kalina will hand it to Sylvie. She would also drink out of the bottle, but not nearly as much as Kalina had drank. Okay, so should we do the other room in the ballroom? Get that out of the way. Or should we come back and do that room? And then go into that hallway we found and up through the glass doors at the end. Do the kitchen first. What would most likely have weapons. I mean, there's probably knives in the kitchen. Depending on how they decorated the house, there might be some sort of, like, decoration suits of armor and swords or something. I haven't seen anything like that. But maybe upstairs? That's true. I saw something. Oh? When the pot screamed at me, 
I saw visions of a girl. I saw visions of a Parthenope. She was murdered with a tooth and bone knife that is reminiscent, I think, of the tooth that we found on the victim, Nike. Would it help us if we could find that knife, do you think? I think if we find that, we'll find the shirt monster. Should I perhaps try and locate that object? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, what does everybody else think? Because I did see it in the vision. If we can get rid of the shark monster, maybe that will, maybe that's what will end the storm. Well, maybe. don't we want to get armed first? Right. I don't know that we're quite ready to take on the shark creature yet. Well, also, does anyone have a way to stop it from teleporting away like it did last time? Mm, no. Nope. I have an idea about... Did you guys notice that when it smelled Sylvie's blood, there was a predatory reaction to that? No. Nope. Oh, did I not notice that? Did we not notice that? Am I making this up? Was Alice one of the few people that perhaps picked up on something Cass said? Maybe. I noticed that it had a reaction to Sylvie's blood when it drew it, and I can mimic the scent of things, so if perhaps we need to draw its attention to something in a moment where it would want to get away, perhaps it would react to the smell of blood. Well, that's a good idea, Alice. We just need blood. I can, I can just, can I just snap? Oh, I don't know. I don't want to do it now. Wait, would Alice do it to show you guys? Oh, no. I'm going to do it. Can I use Druidcraft to make the smell of blood? Yes. Yes, you can. Great. Uh, so how are you making it? Like, where are you doing it? What does this look like? Druidcraft has has one instance of it where I can create a smell within a five-foot cube. They say the odor of a skunk just for, just for reference, but I believe that blood would be like something in nature that would be typical to this. So it would just be in a five-foot cube because he can only do one of these sensory effects at once. So he would just kind of snap his finger and the scent of like iron would kind of penetrate a five foot area around them and and nowhere else. So as Alice just snaps his fingers, the acrid metallic taste of iron, the taste of blood being spilled, as if perhaps someone had punched you in the mouth, your nose had been broken, anything that causes you to taste blood suddenly just fills the area that all of you guys are closely packed around. Luckily for you, you don't hear anything. Nothing seems to happen in the house. Oh, Alice, yet. Maybe not now. Oh, not blood now? Where a shark creature could be? Oh, okay, all right. (laughs) Hold on. Snap his fingers and it'll stop. Well, it's definitely convincing. Smelled like the real thing. Yep, for sure. Eerie, honestly. Okay, so we gotta find weapons and... I do think that we should investigate where Alice found the shark footprints. So where should we start? Well, what's closer? Maya, you know manners like this, correct? If I remember your time in Talren. Yeah, I do a little bit. Where would a very rich person keep their weapons? Would they have any? Well, they might. They should have something for defending themselves. I think it depends how peaceful the area was but like i said 
We might find some upstairs being used as ornaments, decorating the walls, or displays. Um, okay, so they could have decorative weapons. Kalina or Marcus, were you ever stationed at a noble's home, or had any any time defending a, a manor of sorts, where did they keep your weapon somewhere for that? My father-in-law had weapons at his estate. He had them all over his estate. He had them above most of the fireplaces, as wall adornments. He had a lot of weapons, considering who he is. Uh, but you do know that he, on his main level, had them prominently displayed in the sitting room that he would generally welcome guests to and have them there. Partly it was to intimidate. Partly it was also just to show his trade. Upstairs where he had weapons, those weapons were often closer to more family heirlooms or things that he wanted to keep further away from people because the ground floor of that manor was where he would actually have guests. The upstairs, very rare. That was for family only. Generally, he'd keep things like that in the like the main areas where people could see, but some of the things he didn't want them to see, like the the family stuff, family heirlooms, special weapons, he'd keep upstairs. Sometimes hidden. So. so do we want special family heirloom type weapons or should we settle for the decorative, intimidating, perhaps ground floor weaponry? I haven't seen anything. I'm not. I don't know weaponry. I know wands. So I, I don't know what you guys want. I haven't seen anything downstairs yet. Have any of you? I don't think so. Does anybody else say anything like that? Blanche just shakes her head. There are two areas downstairs that you have not searched in this main area. You guys didn't actually look that much in the hallway that you briefly got locked in. And then there is the other room off of the ballroom. Otherwise, there are a couple doors off of the kitchens. This house is just so big. I mean, maybe we should just start opening doors and seeing where they go. That's a good idea. I like that idea, Sylvie. I think you're absolutely right. We should just get on with this. I don't want to spend another night. Well, we should be careful because the doors seem to lock behind us every time we go through them. I had to kick the last one open. Or someone's locking them. That'd be someone real fast. Well, mystery gang, let's open some doors. So, what room will you investigate first? Will you investigate... Either the hallway off of the ballroom, the doors off the ballroom that you have not entered, or will you go up to the second floor or through the butler's pantry and back into the kitchen to investigate the doors off of it and what might lie in those rooms? What you gonna do, guys? Mm, maybe we should look at the rooms. There might be a study, and that seems like a, a good as place as any to put some big old sword you want to show off to your friends. Yeah, let's find the study armory. 
Sounds good. Sounds like a plan. Which set of doors do we think that's through? Maybe the one in the ballroom? I think this one Alice just came through leads us to the kitchen. Isn't there another one, like, on the main floor, if I'm correct? Yeah, there's, like, a south part of the main floor that we haven't gone through. But I feel like, I mean, the other doors in the ballroom make sense. Alice also doesn't know what's in the hallway, so he might be referencing there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I feel like we should just go back into the ballroom because that seems like we're maybe leaning towards that. Let's do it. The torture chamber ballroom. Right. You enter into the shadowy ballroom. It illuminated on the far south end by dingy, grimy windows and by Maya's divine fork. Blessed with Kate's light. Blessed may its tines be in these troubled times. Is there a fireplace in here? Why, yes. There is. I don't like the sound of that, but regardless of the sound of it. So on the far western wall, there is a very large fireplace. There is a door to the north of the fireplace that you have not been through, and a door to the south of the fireplace through the, which goes into the parlor where you rested last night and where Alice was abducted from by some nefarious and unknown means. Hey, I was carried gently, so I'm I'm fine. It was not nefarious. So gently, you didn't wake up. Yeah, like, thanks. Guys, the north door to the fireplace. Like, let's that one. Sounds good. The one none of us have been through yet. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. Let's go. Yeah. You cross the ballroom, your shoes making sharp staccato beats to a pair of double doors. As you open the doors, the sounds of squeaking and scurrying can be heard. And for Sylvie and Alice, you can see quite a few mice and rats quickly scurrying back and away. For everyone else... The smell of dried urine assaults your nostrils. This room is relatively bright, though, aside from the shadowed recesses to which the rats have hidden themselves. It is illuminated by two large floor-to-ceiling windows on the western side of the house. The northernmost of these two windows looks into what appears to be a conservatory or greenhouse of some kind. This window is unbroken and surprisingly clean, and it lets in a decent amount of light, enough that it allows you to see around the room, considering that the southernmost window is tightly shuttered. Directly across from the double doors that you have entered, mirrored are another set of double doors on the far western wall of this room. Perhaps these lead outside. Do you enter into this room? Oh, that's a smell I don't want to ever smell again. It smells really bad. I just, I imagined us, like, walking across that ballroom, and it's quiet, but all you can hear is, like, the squeaks of our shoes <laughs> as we move across, like, echoing through this haunted house in this room. Tick, tick, 
as your heels come down, clicking. As your eyes acclimatize to the room, you can see that it is painted and furnished in gentle pastel colors. The walls are a pale pink. The drapes, which once had a delicate blue and white pattern, are so deteriorated that a touch, though, would likely rip them. But the thick fabric retains some of its original pattern. Pink. Flowers on cream. The furniture of the room appears to be upholstered with the same. There is a chaise, several winged-back chairs, a few end tables, and several bookcases. The doors open inwards, so you can't see on either side of the doors. What are you going to do? Marcus, does this look like a room your father-in-law would host guests to intimidate them in? Let me think about it for a minute. DM, would it be? I'm guessing no, but... This looks like it could be some kind of sitting room or lounge. So it's possible, but you don't see a fireplace, at least from where you are in the room currently. You're right at the door, so you haven't gone inside. Maybe there's a fireplace to the south or north of you on the other side of the door. I don't really remember. It's kind of rude, but it's possible there might be some sort of fireplace or something like that. It's possible. Let's go a little further in and see if we find anything. You make your way into the room. And as you do, you can hear the chittering sound of rats in the dark. You can see their droppings scattered about in most places. And there are small little holes on the walls. Some even in bookcases. But as you do come into the room and you sort of turn back, you note that in the southeastern corner of the room, there is a fireplace. And above its mantle, a mantle covered with seashells, is a single sword. Oh, Marcus! There it is. Well, you know, broken clock is... I don't remember the same. Yeah, good job, everybody. Uh, well, I guess we need better grab it. No, who wants it? And you guys can see Kalina staring at it like a, a small kid in the candy shop. <laughs> I don't mean to be the bearer of bad news or Debbie Downer of sorts, but it's possible that thing might be booby-trapped. Oh, I hope not. I guess we better check it before we bring it down then. Could Sylvie use her quarterstaff to just, like, sort of knock it off the wall? Yeah, you definitely could. I think she would try and do that. Unless anybody, like, tried to stop her. No, it seems like a good idea. Unless, the, you know, the whole floor is going to collapse on us or something, but... That feels a little dramatic, I think. Shh, give him ideas. <laughs> Sylvie, you reach out. You bring the tip of your quarterstaff under it. And you pop it up. And as it falls, there's a brief moment where it catches the light, and you almost could swear, reflected leaning up against one of the bookcases behind you, was almost what looked like a young woman in a maid's uniform. 
and a young man in dirty coveralls kissing. Mm-hmm. But it's gone in an instant. The sword clatters to the ground. If you turn to look where you think they would have been, you don't see anything. Just an empty bookshelf. It's not actually empty. There are quite a few books. But they look like they've been gnawed. Can I peruse the books? Of course. Uh, with a quick glance across the spines, what sort of books are here? There's quite a few different books, nautical books of different kinds. There's a few different treaties on this subject and that subject. So a little bit of information on medicine, a little bit of information on folklore, some politics. It's a book on economics that you remember from your own studies. Mm-hmm. Maya looks at it with a fondness she would never have believed possible in her youth. The nautical books, are they in a terrible condition, or are they still readable? Would you like to pull one off the shelf? I would. I would love to pull one off the shelf. While Maya's pulling a book off the shelf, what are the rest of you doing in the room? A sword has clattered to the ground. Alice is petting his uh, cat, Nicholas, and telling it how cute it is. (laughs) Alice did hit his head. He's acting a bit strange. Yeah, I think so. Um, So we would probably look at the sword and say, I don't actually need the sword. Whoever wants it can have it. Marcus, how are you with swords? Um, I think my bow will be fine. You should take that sword then. Okay. And you see, like, Kalina, like, almost skip, but not over to the sword and kind of, like, just pick it up excitedly. And she'll inspect it. Does it look usable? Yes, it most certainly does. It looks like it's in suitable repair. It doesn't actually look rusted. It is in its scabbard, and you you pull it out of its scabbard, and whoever took care of it took care of it before it was put in the scabbard. You are holding a longsword. Wow, and she, like, pulls it out, and you guys see her, like, do a few maneuvers with it. Wow, someone took real good care of this. Oh, I haven't held one of these in so many years. Uh, Well, this is definitely usable. Um, and as she puts it back in the scabbard and, uh, does it have like a string to tie it around? Yep, it does. It actually has the tassels that you think go with someone who may have at one point been in the Talran army, but an officer of some kind. And then kind of as she's tied, it's like, oh, I guess who else needs kind of something, some other weapon. And that's odd. This is a Talran army blade. What's that doing here? I'm not sure. I don't know. What are the rest of you doing in the room as Maya reaches out for a book? Oh no, something horrible is going to happen. The book collapses. The bookshelf collapses on Maya as she dies. I knew it. I knew it. You're not going to have to worry about smuggling out of the boat. What is Marcus doing? Are you looking about this room? Are you in- inspecting it more? I think Marcus will just investigate, see if anything is useful for fighting giant shark people. Looking about the room, you don't really see anything that's too useful. While there are books scattered throughout, there's also small little bowls that have some rocks, some seashells in them. There's a bottle that has a ship, miniature ship inside it even. Nothing really stands out as being useful as a weapon or in defense. 
And with that, we'll get to Maya. You reach out, you pull the book out, you pop it open, and it is hollow. What? That's all hopeful. This book has been cut out, it's been glued, and in this cavity, there is a key. <gasps> Guys! Yes. I was looking for something helpful, and I think I found something helpful, but not what I was looking for, but check it out. I found a key. It's a clue. Maybe, or maybe we'll be able to open the doors that randomly slam shut behind us now. Oh, Sylvie, I love that. I hope that's true. So what I was thinking is, I mean, the reason I picked this book, what if we could read books about how to sail, and then once we get dumped on Atsakan, we could fill ourselves a boat and sail back. I mean, not here, obviously. Why, why would we sail back here? But we could sail back to the mainland. You know, it's hundreds of miles, probably, from this other continent. Yeah. Okay, and we would have to make it back through the mist wall. And honestly, I'm worried about us making the, the first journey, but... I mean, it was it's a good idea, though. I think, I mean... If anybody could do it, it would be us. Maybe we could convince all the people that are going on the boat. Maybe we can do a mutiny over there. How are they going to stop us? We outnumber them. Maybe we should focus on getting out alive. I don't know. My cat snake can't swim. Your what? I don't know. Your, your, your what? My my cat snake. Are you okay? What? Are you, you gotta... sure you didn't hit your head? I didn't hit my head. Is that a disease you got in the kitchen? I did not get a disease in the kitchen. No, I got a pot and some other stuff. What kind of pot? Are you sure you're okay? A screaming pot. This pot. Yes, and I have a cat snake. Where's this cat snake you? Did the, is that a real thing? Kalina, are you blind? Oh, sorry, it's dark. I didn't mean that. I'm sorry. I forget my good dark vision. I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's kind of light up here, but... Oh, is it? I don't see anything. Anybody else see anything? No, I don't. I don't see anything. No, I would be. No. Uh uh. I'd be very well of cat snakes. Mm. Sounds terrified. Alex will just point to around his neck. He's like, it's it's not frightening at all. I don't think at least. I'm I'm not really a good judge of frightening. So. Your neck looks normal to me. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing there. I don't. What do you mean? There's nothing there. Like, I mean, your, I mean, your neck is there. And your clothes. Right, right, your head. Everything's okay. where it's supposed to be. All right. Good. But no cat snake. Are we sure it's not a snake cat? Wait, like, or, like a catfish? Like a snake that looks... There are snake fishes. Snake heads. A look of realization that you all don't see the cat snake comes upon Alice. But he tries to hide it. And then he'll be like, oh, yeah, haha, right. What, what cat snake? Just kidding, everyone. Just another one of my jokes. Ha, ha, Cool. I think he did hit his head on something. Oh, look. Um, what's out there? And Alice is going to walk out of the room. Are you walking just back into the ballroom? Yes. Wait, I had another idea. And it might be a stupid idea, but, but... There's some books on folklore here. You don't think maybe there could be something on a mythical shark monster that kills people? Oh, that's true. I mean, it wouldn't hurt to look well. Alice? Oh, are you calling me from inside the room? I was looking at this thing out here. Well, we already... The torture device, or...? Sort of. 
Do you need me? Could you help us look through some of these books? Alice will walk back into the room. Maya will re-explain her theory. I don't know anything these books would, would tell you that I couldn't tell you, having, you know, extensive magical knowledge, but... But maybe some of these have local, local folklore legends or something. Right. I thought you weren't familiar with the weird shark man thing. Look, I didn't ask to be made this way. I didn't ask to be, to be made of glass and to know what a witch's employee learns at, at work. I didn't ask for any of this, okay? But sure, I'll take I'll take a look. And um, are any of these local folk tales? So there are quite a few different like stories and folk tales from back in Talren as you're going through. But you do come to one that is called the Vesicanai, which catches your eye because Mount Vesican is the volcano here. Mm -hmm. And as you start to read it, you realize that it's not a local folklore. It's closer to a factual recounting of Talren's first expeditionary fleet's discovery of Merstwall. And it starts in the year 837. And it talks about them discovering the island, and the island was not intended as, if you're glancing quickly, flipping through the pages quickly, sort of getting more of a really skim, not an actual in-depth read. The island wasn't intended to be a penal colony. They tried to establish an actual colony here. What's it say? What does it say? What is the Vesicanai, though? What is that? <laughs> Do you want to keep reading? Mm, I'm just going to rip these pages out of the book. You can just take the whole book. It appears to be... Oh, the whole book is the story? It appears to be the, the whole book is the story. Oh, so I'm not going to rip all the pages out of the book. I'm going to take... I will take this book and put it away. And it'll be... Um, I'll, I'll say, well, um, there actually was a uh, useful book after all. And it... uh is going to be helpful to us. It talks about Merstwall's discovery. Hopefully there's something about a were-shark in here. But I'm taking it, so yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll add it to my bag. I won't put it in the pot. I'll add it to my bag. Maya is hoping to find a couple of like one or two general books on sailing in the hopes that it will help her uh quietly stealthily make her way around the ship when she has been stowed away you can definitely find a couple as you pull one away you jump back with a shriek as there's a very large loud squeak from a rat that had been hiding behind one of the books that you pull away yeah but for a brief almost moment you could have sworn it wasn't the beady eyes of a rat looking back at you. Mm. They were grayish, white, milk-like pools. Oh, that rat. And the rat almost seemed to just be staring. And then the eyes change 
and it squeaked again and scampered off. That rat had weird. That There was something weird about that rat. Yes, I noticed in our last rat encounter something similar. This is just a great rat library, though, I have to say. I mean, they really do a great job with the collection here. I've got what I was hoping to find. I we should probably... Is everybody ready to move on to the next room? Yeah, I think so. Science good. I. What have the others been doing while Maya and Alice have been handling this? Kalina went more into the room to get an open space and just practicing her swordsmanship with the new sword, trying to get used to it again. I think Sylvie would have walked over to the window that looks out into the greenhouse conservatory area. Can she see anything through that other than green? Would you like a description? Yes, please. By its very nature, the room you look out into is well lit in the daytime. The most striking thing about this room is an enormous tree growing in the center. Leaves pushed up against some of the glass ceiling panes, while in others, the branches have broken the glass and reached up towards the sky. Stormy seaside weather has not been kind to this room, though, and much of the glass on the north and west sides have been smashed. Where the glass has fallen, it would be impossible to say as many plants grow. Where the glass has fallen, it would be impossible to say as many of the plants grow out of control. Large, intertwined rose bushes, creeping plants growing across the floor, hydrangea and rhododendron, competing for space, and hyacinth and foxglove peeking out here and there, where they can manage to find purchase. You can see that there is a stone path that leads around the room, which the plants have not entirely taken over. However, the plants overgrow the path considerably, leaving it just barely discernible. But there is something you notice. There is, perhaps it is a vine, or perhaps it is a length of rope that hangs from one of the low branches of this tree. And you do remember, Petra said they hung a lecky from a tree in his own house. Sylvie is both torn. She wants to go because look at all the plants, but also, hmm, that seems really ominous. What is Marcus doing? I don't really know if Marcus could add anything in the situation. Um, maybe just keep and watch. You're having a hard time, really, like, you, you focus a little bit out on the ballroom, but then you see some rats scurry by, and there's this one really cute rat that is sort of mottled. It's mostly black, but it's got this one white patch on it that sort of looks like a heart, and you get a little distracted by it. Oh, that was really cute. And you see it sort of, it starts, it almost goes into a hole. And then almost as if it's like, oh no, I'm not meant to go in that hole. Goes a little bit farther around and heads in to another hole. Could I check out that hole? Yeah. Marcus is going to kind of walk over to that rat entrance. And he's going to just kind of 
probably can't see anything. Stick his hand in? So as you stick your hand in, you realize that the space behind this hole is bigger than you expect. And sort of goes down. And you sort of feel a bit around. And you think you may have just clutched someone's hand. Oh, 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 no. A hand that's holding something. Are you going to quickly pull your hand out? Does the hand react when I do something with it? No. Can I try to feel what it's holding? So you start to put your hand in to grab what it's holding. And the fingers of this hand close around yours. Nope, nope. Nope, 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 nope. This is a big old nope sandwich with a nope bowl, a side of nope chips, and a nope, a nope pop. For about to see Marcus disappear. Nope, that's, that's good. I'll roll up a character real quick here because I'm dying. Mark- oh, yuck. Marcus is going to immediately move extremely fast. Hand out the door, then hand out the door, hand out the hole, and just yell, there is something behind that wall, because something touched me. So you pull your hand out, and remember, this hand closed around yours. And as you pull your hand out, you pull what that hand was holding, and you pull that skeletal hand out, as well as... Most of the bones up to about the shoulder length until where you then hear a snap. <laughs> no, 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 I don't want to do this. Currently, a skeletal hand is closed around you. It looks very old, very rotten, decayed. It looks a little moldy. <laughs> And it is currently, it's currently holding your hand. Can I, like, shake it off me? You're going to swing it around? I'm just going to swing it. I am, Marcus is freak out mode right now. Just, somebody help me, please. Somebody please help me. There's a hand. Can you roll me a D4? One is Maya, two is Kalina, three is Marcus, four is Sylvie. Okay. (laughs) I don't know what that even means. That's a four. You swing, and a large section of this hand, most of the arm, breaks off and goes flying and clatters against the wall right by Sylvie's head. Oh. Oh my gosh, you, Mar- what? Oh, I'm so you sorry. You turn around, and Marcus is flailing about. It looks like there's something clasped white, maybe like a giant Spider the size of a dinner plate clasped around his hand. Uh, let, what let me the rest of you doing? Maya is gonna rush towards Marcus because Maya doesn't actually know what's happening, but there's something on Marcus and he wants it off. So Maya's gonna try to help him remove whatever this thing is that is stuck to him. Is that a hand? There's a hand. I hate this house so much. You made a friend. 
Was that in the wall? It was in the Are they, walls. Did they, did they bury bodies in the walls? No wonder this house is haunted. I don't think it's buried if it's in a wall, Sylvia. I think it's more of like um, stuffed or placed. Yeah, entombed perhaps. Oh, great. Well, that doesn't, it's not better. It's not better. It doesn't matter if they're entombed, placed, or sewn in. Is this is this hand still <laughs> clutching? The hand. What is Maya doing? So as everybody's been discussing, Maya is like with her arms out as far as far as they could get. Maya is using her hands to try to pry this hand off Marcus's hand. So it takes a bit, but you are able to pry this hand off Marcus's hand. And it goes clattering to the ground. Oof. Does it move? Because Maya is ready to stomp it. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Maya might stop it just... You know how, like, when something hits the ground and it kind of bounces a little bit from the impact, Maya probably is like, oh my god, it's... And then tries stomping on it, and then it's like, oh, no, never mind, never mind. It's fine. Marcus is going to stomp it anyway. As you go to stomp it, that rat with the little white spot on it runs in front of it, squeaking. Oh. Oh. Maya does not stomp the rat. It basically, like, throws itself onto it and is chittering at you. Alan? And you see more rats come out. Oh, oh God. Oh. Is this Grandma's hand? You see a couple of the rats basically pick the hand up. Oh. And carry it back to the hole. Oh, Lord. And disappear into the wall. The length of arm is also dragged by another series of rats across the room. Mm. Alice waves while they're, like, shaking it away and says, Bye. I really do hate this house. The last rat, looking completely normal like a rat looks back towards you guys, its eyes suddenly misting over in that strange way, and it stands on its hind legs, and then turns and goes back inside, disappearing into that hole. Something tells me these rats are not exactly normal. Yeah, I've not seen one do that before. I don't do, I don't know of any spell that makes like someone's eyes go like that, do I? I would say beast sense can be used like that because well you have the spell active, you see through the beast's eyes and you and you see and what it hears. And I would say that dependent on how you wanted to flavor the spell that some people perhaps their eyes actually the color of the beast's eyes would change to match theirs. Yeah, I can understand that. I'll turn to the, to the rest of the group and kind of casually just be like, they must be such great spies for their master. And then go back to petting my invisible cat snake. And then I stop myself. If it's a master, shouldn't we find that person? Alice? So they stop spying on us? Well, just because they're interested in observing us through the eyes of a rodent such as that doesn't mean they're bad. You know, they could just be going about their business. It put you in a box, didn't it? 
Right. I mean, maybe. We don't know that, but... Carry gently. Someone put him there. Carry gently into a box. That's true. Well, I'm gonna be honest. I hated everything that had just happened in the last, like, two minutes. Maybe we should leave this room. Or, Marcus, why did you stick your hand in that hole in the first place? Well, I'm kind of honest. I'm, everyone's kind of doing things, and I just kind of wanted to be useful, so I just tried to take a chance, and it was a really bad idea, and I'm sorry. Oh, okay, maybe it wasn't a really bad idea. It was a really bad idea. Well, I mean, okay, that was kind of horrible. Well, you are holding something in your hand. I got this, though. Oh, what is it? Marcus holds up a small bundle of cloth, an object of some kind that sits in the palm of his hand. I will unwrap the cloth. As you slowly unwrap it, you see that it is almost like a small triangle or heart-shaped piece of wood that has a circle in the center of it, cut out from it, and it is covered with all kinds of little ornate carvings. Well, it's some sort of, uh... Planchette. Yeah, that, that, whatever that is, yeah. It's, uh, a yeah. planchette. 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 Okay. Um, what do you think it does? It hasn't done anything. It has. It, it doesn't do anything differently than it's done for the past millennia or so, of course. What, what does it do? You guys really don't know what it does? Do you look through it? Is it like a spyglass? Does Sylvie hold it up and look through it? I think Marcus is still holding it, so she just like mimes holding it up. Marcus will gladly hand this thing over to anybody who wants it because he wants nothing to do with it. Great, Sylvie will take it from Marcus and hold it up to her eye and look through it and look around the room. Here you go, Sylvie. I never want to touch that thing ever again. Looking throughout the room through it, you do not see anything different or amiss. Everything looks the same, I don't know. Well, it's it's not a telescopic instrument. I mean, how else do all of you talk to your dead loved ones or relatives or former teachers or dead political leaders or you can talk to my dead loved ones you could talk to dead people i typically just talk out loud and assume you know actually talk to i mean do they respond or yeah yeah that's it yeah do they i mean they do their best to respond they don't always answer you have to you know get it right but yeah i you can talk to people who are dead. I mean, I can't. You know, you need materials and spirit board and, you know, intention. I don't have any of those things. Right now, I have a, I have a pot that screams and some wine. I kind of have an idea, and I think you're going to hate it. But I'm thinking if there's a dead person... In this mall, maybe we should, like, maybe I should pray over them or, or you know, do something to kind of set them to rest because 
maybe that will help the house calm down? Maya, that will help the house, but don't you think manipulating these spirits to do what we want will help us? I don't know how the gods would feel about that. I feel like we're meant to help them move on. Gods, schmod. I, I agree. I don't think I want to mess with necromancy. I don't know anything about that. And I don't want to learn the hard way. Right, I agree with Maya. I don't think it's a good idea to try and use them. Something's happened to prevent the natural order of things. They, their names are in the ladies' book, but they haven't fully moved on, I guess. To maybe, maybe their souls haven't made it to be judged and remade or whatever their destiny was meant to be. Well, I think that they're here and now and whatever book or natural order that is a thing isn't going to help us now. So I'm for bending the spirits to our will. That's what I'm for. But maybe we don't need to. Maybe we just need to let them rest and they will stop whatever nonsense it is that they're doing here in this house that's keeping us here the slamming doors, the locking doors the teleported skeleton things well Maya it seems we have a crossroads here in deciding the fate of these apparitions. But why don't we ask them what they want? And Alice will hold his hand out for the planchette from whoever's holding it. Is Sylvie holding it? If, if you can. Yeah, Sylvie will hesitantly hand it over to Alice. Alice will confidently grasp it, but not in an aggressive way. He just, you know, is confident once it's... <laughs> can we get out of the rat room? I don't want to set up a commune in here. Oh, we don't need to be near the the body? Sorry, I don't know. Oh, well, this will work for any spirit, not just... I mean, do we want to talk to Grandma? Is that what we want to do? Do we want to leave the body in the wall? I I wanted to lay her to rest, so if, we, if you want to talk to her before we do that... Okay, yeah, yes, let's do that. Okay, can I grasp the planchette and try to pour some magic into it on the ground and see what happens. As you start to pour some magic into it, the purring stops and you realize that the creature has cracked one of its eyes open and is looking at you. Well, my necklace? Yes, the frame is looking at you. And then it looks down at the planchette, and then looks at you, and then looks down at the planchette, and looks at you, and then looks down at the planchette. Bag Hilda taught you better than this. Bag Hilda didn't teach me anything. She imprisoned me and used me as a servant. Semantics. Semantics. You saw it happen a thousand times. You're not giving them any ability to be able to give you a message? How do you expect them to spell anything out? Can Alice think on this and think if he has any memories 
of, of what the cat is talking about. You can remember that when Big Hilda would use a planchette, when she'd be calling out to spirits, she would have... She had this embroidered cloth that she would lay out. It was embroidered with concentric circles, adorned with beautiful leaves and flowers. And it had various letters and numbers and different symbols scattered about it. And as you do, you're, you're sort of dabbing your forehead with your handkerchief. Your handkerchief em embroidered with flowers. And as you sort of pull it away and look down at the planchette going, what to do, what to do? You, you flick your handkerchief down. And you freeze. Looking at your handkerchief. And you realize that while you embroidered flowers on one side, the stitches of the other side look vaguely like letters and numbers. I will kind of smooth out the, the uh, handkerchief now that the picture, you know, do you guys know that meme where it's like all the numbers like <laughs> colliding Floating in the air? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Calculations. It's like what he's experiencing on his face right now. And I imagine, like, he straightens out with two fingers the edge of his handkerchief on all different sides, flattening out his unplanned, unexpected, mindless embroidery of a spirit board on his handkerchief. And he will place the planchette down, and he will give his cat a necklace a little rub on its chin to thank it. I am just popping the picture of Alice's spirit board handkerchief, or at least the design that is embroidered onto it, into the group chat for everyone. But just casual, just like very casual. For all of the listeners who cannot see this, <laughs> it is a circle that is has a few other smaller circles inside of it with the alphabet and numbers a skull and a candle on opposite sides. We have, the, of course, the hello and the farewell. It appears that there are symbols of the moon in its center. And we have a yes and a no. I get just mindless, just casual mindless, you know, just sitting around embroidering. So yeah, I guess he'll place down the planchette until it almost like clicks into place. Like he sees the hands of his former captor, captor, who he was sold to as a baby because what better currency than a child um, for a hag and while these memories are usually traumatic for him he finds these wretched hands of the hags um forming over his in memory as the planchette clicks into place perfectly and he will call out grandma grandma or no it's sorry or, no it's grandmother 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 of of the pink room here, room here. Give us your message loud and clear. Loud and clear. Do you wish to remain in this home? In this home? In this? Or do you? Do you? Or do you care for your soul? For your soul to move on? To move on to its own throne? Its own throne. There is no response 
from this grandmother that you call out to. Companions, I bid you take seats around me, for the energies will be better to connect with whatever spirit we can. Maya will, I suppose. Are we doing this? Like, this is dangerous, right? Oh, no, it's not dangerous. I've seen this ha- I've seen this done a hundred times. Not dangerous at all. Have you ever done it with something that, like this before? Possibilities, I mean. Fine. I've never actually done it myself. Fine. You got me. I've never done it myself. But I'm sure we'll be fine. I wasn't trying to get you. Oh, okay. Well, you're the expert. Marcus will sit wherever he needs to sit. Sylvie would also sit down. Kalina would reluctantly sit down where she's pointed to. Go on, go on, sit. Oh, oh, watch, watch the rat poop over there. Don't sit, no. Just a little more to the left, a little more. Okay, all right. All right, everyone, uh, join hands. It's okay, I know my hand looks like glass. It's not going to cut you, it's okay. Mine will join hands with her. Whoever's sitting on either side of her. Marcus will do the same. So would Sylvie. And so would Kalina. Good, good. All right, let's try this again. Alice will kind of like awkwardly realize that he shouldn't have told everyone to hold hands. Everyone needs to put their hands on the planchette. So almost as if it's choreographed because he doesn't want everyone to be afraid of him, his inexperience. He's going to like quietly grab everyone's hands that they've just like held and like bring them together onto the planchette as if they were supposed to be there all along, like kind of awkwardly. And then he will say, Spirit. Who is in this room? In this room, I beg thee, I beg bring thine voice from thine tomb. Thine tomb. I call upon you, upon you, in the middle of the day. Middle of the day. So why don't you just come over, and say thine own name? The house creaks and groans as the wind buffets against it. And throughout the house, you hear a modicum of sounds. For a brief moment, you almost think you hear the harpsichord playing again. The sound of water boiling. Someone gasping sound of munching. And the chamber around you begins to grow cold. And the light from the window dims. Perhaps a cloud simply passed over the sun. Perhaps not. And the room begins to darken. And the planchette, where it lays, only gently touched, slowly begins to move, to rest upon Hello. Yes, hello. Yes, hi. And then it slowly begins to move. M. 
A R I A N A. Yeah, I don't have his wife's name. I thought it might have been the wife that was spoken about. Can I say? Does anyone have any questions for Mariana here? <laughs> I have Mariana on the line. Um, <laughs> Does she want to be late to rest? You can ask her. I think we should get some information out first, but you know, that's just me. Oh, oh, well, I you go go ahead. Ask her something else. I can wait. You know that the best sorts of questions to ask are yes/no questions. Big Hilda hated having to wait for the ghost to spell it out. And so does Alice in, in her legacy. R.I.P. Is that you in the wall? It glides to no. Isn't that that name sounds familiar, right? It does. Possibly. You said we can ask it questions, or ask this thing questions. I prefer yes or no questions because it takes a while for them to spell things. And this thing's not the thing in the wall, so... Are you alive? Um, I think I can answer it as a no because it's talking to me through the spirit board. It stays on no. <laughs> Did you die here? It moves to yes. And then moves back to the center. Were you stabbed... With a tooth and bone knife. No. Is this your home? Yes. Did you love him? Yes. Do you still love him? Yes. <laughs> Were you the lady of the house? Yes. Did you wear perfume? Yes. Is it in this room? Is he upstairs? No. Sylvie, are you going to ask any questions? Is he alive? No. Is your son alive? They had a daughter. Not a son, I don't think. The planchette doesn't move. Sorry, sorry, is your daughter alive? Marcus, do you have any questions you're going to ask? Is it, uh, is it close? W-H-A-T. Oh, she wants to know, is what close? Is the creature close? The shark creature. It moves to yes and to no and goes back and forth between them. And then it moves to the new moon and then back to the center. What does that mean? Does it only come out at night? On a new moon, perhaps? Alice, you also know that a new moon can symbolize something being obscured, out of sight, an unknown. It means that she doesn't know. Is there a way out? The planchette begins to shake, and it quickly moves to yes. Then it moves back to the center. And it quickly, in rapid succession, points to a number of letters. S. E. E. K. T. H. E. H. E. A. R. T. H. M. O. 
T-H-E-R-S-G-R-A-C-E. It quakes, almost as if the planchette is being pulled this way and that, as if some other force is trying to take a hold of it. And then it lands on the waning gibbous moon before it settles briefly on the candle and then is hurtled and floats in the air. The room goes even colder. And the planchette will hang in the air for a brief moment before it slams down onto the board. Onto. Hello. I am going to break the connection and let a little bit of a word of radiance out, kind of reflexively, to kind of emulate the way Baghelda would sever connections. There is almost a shriek, a shrill sound, a tearing sound as whatever was holding on to this, whatever force had gripped the planchette, is ripped from it and banished away. It is rude to intrude on conversations that I am not having with you. The light level in the room slowly begins to return. And the chill in the air dissipates. You don't sense any trace of spirits nearby. Whatever came to try and take this over scared them off. Sorry about that, everyone. Little bumpy landing, but I think the cruising altitude is pretty good for most of my first flight. They said to seek the Heart Mother's Grace. The Heart Mother's Grace, does does that mean anything to anyone? Well, I think it was the Hearth Mother's Grace, which I think he means the Hearth Mother, but I don't know exactly what her... Actually, Cass, because... Cain isn't allowed to be openly worshipped on Merstwall. Yeah. Maya, you and I had talked about Maya joining various other religious ceremonies. Is he may worshipped on Merstwall? Most assuredly. Would Maya have gathered from her um, spotty attendance at various religious things what the Hearth Mother's grace might be? Thinking back, you cannot pinpoint any one single thing that you have heard referred to as the Hearth Mother's Grace, but you do know that prayer fills those that believe with the grace and power of the gods of the Triadrian Pantheon. Two things you did note was that the planchette also landed on the waiting gibbous before settling on the candle. Perhaps that symbolism may help you. Els, what does the, this one here and the candle, Maya, point out the two different things? What do they mean? Uh, what does, what does the waning gibbous symbolize? I don't know. The waning gibbous has multiple meanings. It comes between the third quarter and the full moon, as whichever moon, be it Tolmi the Grey Mother or Ashta the Purple Child, in the cycle diminishes. As all moons' phases signify transformation, It may mean change, but more specifically, the waning gibbous often has connotations that speak of inner reflection and introspection. The candle symbolizes illumination, 
bringing light to a dark place, be that physically, mentally, or spiritually. All of the symbols around the spirit board are there to allow the souls of the departed to convey esoteric ideas, metaphors, and shortcuts to those they interact with. Perhaps it simply means unearthing a secret, or something as simple as lighting a candle, or a hearth. Maya, is there... Because I know typically for magic ceremonies, placement of things is very important. Is that also true in religion? Like, is... Would the hearth mother's place of worship in a house be somewhere specific? Uh, Cass, does Maya know that? The worship of the hearth mother, of course, at times revolves around a hearth. But just like you guys... You have personal shrines to your gods. Well, Alice, it can center around the hearth, but it's also possible that somebody in this house had a personal shrine to Hime, and maybe we need to find that, so I think to do that we need to well, I'll probably search the bedrooms. Okay. Right, that makes sense. They're probably upstairs, right? That makes the most sense. Yeah, I think so. Oh, although, do we want to finish looking down here before we go upstairs? I've, I know last night we talked about wanting to clear the, the whole floor before we went up. I think that, uh, I mean, we wanted to find fitting weapons. Is that check on our mystery list, everyone? There could be more upstairs, but I don't know. We've got one. Um, Marcus has his bow. Marcus, do you need a sword? I mean, if we have ever come across extras, I could take one, but I, I don't need it. So we can check that off our list then. I mean, Sylvia has her s staff, and I mean, Maya, you have light that can melt people. <laughs> Kalina, you're weaponed up? It wouldn't hurt clear the bottom floor before we go upstairs though at least make sure we didn't miss anything or anyone all right right that way nothing sneaks up behind us or yeah i i think that's a good idea all right just really quick before we leave this room Cass. after hearing it was lady of the house's room are there any pictures of her in here or portraits or paintings no but if she was the lady of the house wouldn't all rooms belong to her it's true true all right well is it just the hallway left well you've been to the kitchen was there anything in there there were four other doors in there well we should definitely do that that sounds like a lot to leave un unexamined right i agree let's see if we can do this quickly just clear clear the space make sure there's no lurking shark monsters and uh go upstairs see if we can find the shrine to Hime that we need Sounds good. Sounds good to me. Are you guys going to go to the hallway first? I think that makes sense. It's the closest to us. Right. We should. I think it just goes to the greenhouse where... Um, I don't know if I want to go inside the greenhouse. I think that they... Um, that's where the person that owned this house became no longer alive. And I'm not sure I want to go in there, honestly. I think we should wait until maybe we're ready to lay 
him to rest with. If we find his wife's body, we could lay them to rest together, and I think that would make them happy. Just remember, she said that he's not upstairs, which means he has to be either down here or in the basement or not here at all. So just to keep that in mind. That's true. Um, Petra told me that he called out for his wife and his daughter when they hung him from the tree inside his house. So maybe, maybe laying them to rest together would do good. I think so. I wonder if there was any way that they could have saved him. I'm really hoping there's a way we can save Timaeus. I know it's a from likely, but but there was enough of of a lucky there to to call out for his family. He can't have been completely shark monster. Any curse is breakable. Any curse. Well, maybe we'll find some clues to that while we search. I'll certainly keep my eyes open. If not, I got the other answer. Okay, let's do a quick. Look at the hallway. No, we've already been to the hallway. Unless there, we didn't really look very closely, though. There might be more secret doors. Yeah, that's true. Okay, quick look at the hallway and then to the kitchen. Onward. And with that, you will head for the gallery hallway. Armed now with a cryptic direction from Mariana. A spirit that calls itself the Lady of the Manor. And I think that's where we will end tonight's session. Thank you for listening to Roll With Adventure, where we bring you this story from our imagination to your ears. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe for future episodes, rate us where you get your podcast, and visit us at www. Dot rollwithadventure.com. If you'd like to contact us, you can write us at dm at rollwithadventure.com. Our intro and outro music is Brave by Arcane Anthems. Thanks for the components of this episode's soundscapes. Go to zapsplat.com, Purple Planet Music, and Arcane Anthems. Full credits are in the episode description. Guys, we are like, like, the gods have blessed our dice tonight. We are getting great rolls so far. Well, I don't want to jinx it. Oh no! Wait a minute. <laughs> We're all gonna die now. Could I, uh, could I attempt to stop Maya? <laughs> Do you have a reason to stop Maya? Absolutely not. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, that's a really bad um right there. Uh, I also just want to say, Emmy, you always get these like big reveal moments. Like somehow you stumble upon them, <laughs> like every time. I've dedicated myself to asking questions, and if you ask enough questions, eventually you get good answers. I mean, all the answers are good, but you know. Live uncut D and D.